Hello, hello. You are listening to Power Banking, the podcast for women leaders in male-dominated industries. On this podcast, we focus on what works for women in male-dominated industries, and we're sharing it with all of our girlfriends. I'm your host, Jacqueline Twilley, two-time best-selling author and president at ZeroGap.co. We got a great episode. Let's dig in. Hi, Power Bankers. This is Jacqueline Twilley, and I am so excited today. We are going to continue on a thread that we picked up in 2019, and that's talking about our money. You know that when it comes to negotiation, I love chatting about the numbers, the dollars, as well as the cents. But today we have a guest who is a financial coach. Her name's Lindsay Perez, and she works with the Financial Gym. And she's just dynamic. She and I met in Dallas at a networking event. And as I tell many of you, that networking is so key to expanding your frame of reference and being introduced to new people, new things that will help you advance. Let me tell you a little bit of Lindsay's bio before we hop into this episode. She has a background in financial services and spent several years as a financial analyst on Wall Street. In her previous role, then the previous meeting before Financial Gym, she was at Bank of America Merrill Lynch and she focused on wealth management and corporate benefits. So her time there was extremely educational and she felt somewhat unfulfilled in her role. Hello, how many can relate? She joined the gym in 2018. That's the financial gym, the company she currently works for. And her goal was to empower those mystified by economic jargon and to help people feel more confident about their financial choices, which you're going to hear a lot of in today's conversation. Now, Lindsay is a level three certified financial trainer, and she's based here in Dallas, Texas, as I said. She works with a wide range of clients, including those who are new to just getting their money life together. So in addition to training, she's also a salary negotiation coach, and she shared some pretty cool tips with us and one of her favorite success stories, one that she and I chatted about over coffee. Now, on the fun side, her favorite TV show, it's a two-way tie. She likes The Office and Peaky Blenders and what she's working for. She's working for to see as much of the world as she can. Her clients absolutely adore her on a one-to-one level. I adore her as well, and I cannot wait for you to hop into this episode. Listen, you want to stay until the end because at the end of this episode, she gives some really good um, discounts to use the financial gem, and the code is at the end of the episode. All right, y'all, let's hop in. If you have any questions after this, hit Lindsay up. She gives her contact information, but I also have it included in the show notes. This call is being recorded. Hello, hello, Power Bankers. So I have Lindsay Perez with us today, and it's going to be a great conversation. Lindsay, welcome to the Power Banking Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. 
Same. So we met a few months ago, and then we had coffee together in one of my favorite coffee shops in Dallas. But I am just so fascinated by you and your work and your wisdom. So tell us a little bit about you beyond your LinkedIn profile. Sure. Yeah. um, I work for a company called The Financial Gym. And the thing that I'm most passionate about is helping people advocate for themselves and feel empowered when it comes to their finances. Um, I think a lot of that really comes down to like confidence building and helping people feel like they have the right to ask for more, whether it's more money at a job or just expect more in terms of, you know, what's possible for them for their life and their lifestyle. Yes. Oh, I love how you have this deep focus and deep passion for helping men and women to ask for more. So I want to get, I'm, I'm deviating off of my question, so I got to bring myself back. I'm so excited, y'all, because Lindsay has seen some great success with her customers, her clients, so I would love for her to share that at the end. But let's start off with this. What's your definition of leadership? Yeah, absolutely. For me, just in what I've seen from managers that I've experienced and or things that I've felt proved to work well for myself as a leader Um, Leadership is really about, I kind of boil it down to three things. It's, uh, you know, integrity, relatability, and authenticity. So in order to be an effective leader, you have to be relatable in the sense that your mission has to resonate with people. Um, But that's also not going to happen if the thing that you're claiming to be passionate about isn't authentic, right? If it's not flowing naturally, if it doesn't feel like it's genuinely part of your experience or something that you think is important. And then lastly, I would just say integrity because I think staying true to that is really important. So, you know, you can preach all day about the importance of being on time or being willing to do something beneath you or whatever. But if as the leader of a group, you're not doing those things, then that's not going to be something that's important to your team or that really resonates with anyone. So true. Now, when you think of leaders, who comes to mind? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Who doesn't? No. Uh, (laughs) I mean, for me, I have to say, the CEO of the current company I currently work for has been such a breath of fresh air um, in the sense that I've worked at a lot of big companies and for anyone who has or who does, you know that it can sometimes be really difficult to affect change or improve processes because there can be a lot of red tape. Um, Mm -hmm. And it also can be kind of a, an environment where people don't necessarily feel free or open or like the company really cares about them. And I think a lot of companies talk about wanting to support their employees or caring about their employees, but that's not always the case. Um, And she was actually the person I was thinking about when I started thinking about what it meant to be a leader, because I have to say, you know, she really practices what she preaches. She works long hours with all of the rest of us. Um, she's very open and honest about what the goal is. She's very genuine in caring about our clients and our mission. 
Um, and that resonates. And I, I've seen it be effective, right? All of us work harder because of that, because we are all sort of bought into this overall mission that our company is working towards, which is financial literacy and empowerment for everyone. Yes. So, so that everyone can follow her as well, share her name with us. Yeah, absolutely. So her name is Shannon McClay, and she's the CEO of the Financial Gym. She has a great story, which I recommend that everybody look up. Um, she, uh, you can follow the Financial Gym on Instagram to find out more about them, but she's also on Instagram at the Shannon McClay, and that's M-C-L-A-Y. Yes. So kudos to Shannon for being such an awesome leader. And I love when you said it's a breath of fresh air, her leadership, because you don't hear that too often. So it's great to know that awesome companies out there exist and that there are so many amazing women leaders who, like yourself, get to work with other strong leaders. So iron sharpens iron. I believe that for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's dig more into your story. Tell us about your leadership story or journey? Sure, yeah. Well, for me personally, I think of leadership in a little less traditional sense, right? I've, I now manage one person, but I'm not necessarily like leading a team, nor have I been in the past. Um, but I don't think that that's the end all be all of what it means to be a leader or what it means to exemplify leadership skills. Um, right. For me personally, I think it's been a, a lot about being intrinsically motivated and just really being a team player and not necessarily looking for the reward that's coming at the end, but more so just putting my head down and doing the hard work. Um, and also, honestly, staying true to like myself and thinking about what I wanted from situations. Um, One of the things that you can read about me on my LinkedIn profile is that I made a big career transition from media to finance. Um, And for me, I think the thing that is the most important takeaway and that is really a leadership skill is that, you know, there were a lot of people and there still are a lot of people that ask me about that transition and they say, how did you even do that? Um, And I think for them, it seems crazy that someone could go from one of those fields to the other because they seem so different and they seem like they don't have anything in common. But, you know, this goes back to to talking to people about negotiating salaries or just kind of what to expect from life. Like it's sort of on you to decide what you're capable of. Um, And so for me, I think my leadership journey has been about saying yes to myself. Um, so if I thought I was interested in something, then I would go and pursue it. Um, and I would let somebody else tell me if I didn't have the skills or I wasn't, you know, the right fit for them. But as long as it was something I was interested in and I was passionate about, I like pushed myself to explore those things and see what my options were. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I'm so glad that you said it's non-traditional because we do have to shake up our traditional definitions of what leadership looks like because we can all lead in different capacities of our life. You with the team member that you manage, but also you're leading all of your clients to a better financial future. And so really appreciate you sharing that type of insight. Now, what tools, Lindsay, have been helpful 
for you in building your leadership profile? I think some of the most important ways you can build a leadership profile are just to really lean on the resources that you have. So reaching out and finding mentors anywhere that you are, um, figuring out, you know, whose leadership style you respect and want to, um, you know, duplicate or not, maybe not duplicate, but, you know, people who inspire you finding those people within your organizations, whether it's at work or, you know, something that you're doing socially or just people in your life, you know, that you see them doing something and you say, Hey, I really like that person's style or, um, you know, making a point to reach out to those people, um, and to, to learn from them. Um, because people usually are really willing to help you if you ask. And I think that learning from other people's experiences is the greatest way to um, improve yourself. Oh, yeah. And along those lines, share with us what's one thing you wish you would have learned earlier before you started leading a team member? Or let me back up. Let me back up with that one, because I know that you shared a little bit about that. I'm going to remix the question. What's one thing you wish you would have learned about leadership earlier in your career? At the risk of sounding negative, I wish that I had known sooner that the people in the positions of power are not always necessarily the best people for that role, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which is not to say that you know, people who are executives or leaders don't deserve to be where they are, but they don't always, I don't want to say they don't deserve to be there. Let me rephrase that. I wish that I had learned sooner that the people in positions of power are not always there just because of their merit or work ethic. Um, There's a lot of ways that people get to the top and those are all valid ways, but sometimes the people in those positions of power are not going to be the best leaders just because somebody else decided they should be VP of whatever, et cetera. Um, Like a title doesn't actually qualify you to do the job that you're supposed to be doing. You hit the nail on the head. And it is about an exchange of power. When people have influence and authority, they have power, whether they realize it or not. And You know, just because someone is good at a certain skill doesn't mean that they're going to be great at leading, which is why at Zero Gap, we really focus on developing those skills because all of us can enhance and improve on our leadership skills. And to your point about you wish you would have learned that, that's the same thing, Lindsay, that I felt like I had to learn the hard way when I started my professional career. I naively thought, and I'm going to be completely honest, is because of TV, I thought that people who were in leadership roles, that they were, for lack of a better word, perfect, and we're all human, and we're all learning and growing, and so uh, that is definitely one of the things that we have to be honest and talk about, is that if we're going to be effective leaders, we have to be committed to continuing to enhance our skill set at all times. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, it's kind of a red flag for me now when I interact with someone in a leadership position who doesn't seem to think there's anything left for them to learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I uh, just talking to a friend about this a few weeks ago, and I really believe that quote that if you're in the if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. We should always be learning and always growing, and you know, I want to surround myself with people who know more than me about things so that I can expand my brain and grow as a human in addition to being a leader. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Are you reading any books right now? And if you are, can you share the title? Absolutely. So I'm always reading some sort of murder, mystery, crime thriller because that's my personal <laughs> love. Yes. Um, so I'm actually currently reading a book called The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager, and that one's purely for fun and entertainment. Um, I actually started a book club here in Dallas, and that those are that's the genre that we gravitate towards. So that's mostly for fun and just connection with girlfriends. Um, aside from that, uh, I try to dabble in some nonfiction you know, for my own self-improvement and also just generally like to stay up on what clients are reading and maybe exposing themselves to. So I'm currently, I just started, not very far along, but I'm reading A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the author as I'm talking to you. (laughs) I believe his name is Bert Malkiel, Burton Malkiel, yep. Um, who's an economist and he, it's a really, it's a book that's supposed to be a good introduction to investing, which, you know, I have experience on Wall Street, but I always like to see how other people are framing the same kinds of topics, especially since such a big part of my job is to try to educate people on what can often feel like a really foreign subject. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, so cool. And I would love to introduce you to one of my friends. She's into reading about crime books right now, like crime mystery, and she's in the middle of a book. So I'll have to connect with connect the two of you offline because she may be interested in your book club when you accept members. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about podcasts and what podcast you're listening to, but have you heard of the True Crime Podcast? Meaning the podcast is called True Crime? Yes. Um, I think I have. I don't listen to it. I do listen to some true crime podcasts, but that's not one of them. Okay. Um, so I was just curious because I know there was a big live taping of that podcast in Dallas, and it was two nights, and it was a really big deal for a lot of people. So what podcasts are you listening to? Yeah, so... Just to touch on the true crime subject, I listen to a podcast called My Favorite Murder, which is actually a true crime comedy podcast, which always is sounds strange to people who haven't listened because they're like, you're making fun of these awful things that happen. No, that's not the case. They're two comedians, um, and they basically do research and retell murders to each other. Um, and there's some comedic flair, which is just kind of how they deal with like the heavy stuff of life, which I really appreciate. Um, in terms of professional stuff, um, I'm always cycling through a couple. Our founder, Shannon, has a podcast called Martinis and Your Money, 
which Ooh, I always yes. <laughs> yes. We're big on um, you know, a drink to get you through the the toughness of talking about your personal finances. So she really embodies that on the podcast. Um, but then also I really love how I built this, which is an NPR podcast hosted by Guy Raz and I just think it's interesting to get insight from people who've built businesses that are now, you know, these incredible, incredibly successful companies that we hear about all the time, you know, places like Ben and Jerry's and Spanx and all that kind of stuff. Um, just to hear from the founders, like where they started and how they made their decisions, because to go back to what I was saying before, I think one of the greatest ways to build your skills is to learn from other people's mistakes. So there's a whole podcast for that. <laughs> Yes. And um, I'm listening to a new podcast. I love how I built this. I think that's super great. But if you like listening to how people uh, bounce back from failure, um, looking through my phone right now, it's a podcast by FedEx, Oh, the shipping company. And they, um, this current season, they just have a set of entrepreneurs that they kind of mix in through the episodes and they talk about different aspects of failure. Why can't I find it right now? So I will have to share. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay. I think it's called Making It Work. Yes, that's it. Making yeah. It Work. So fascinating because the founders that they have on this podcast, they are so raw and they just tell you how it is like, yep, this is what happened. This is how it went to the fan. And of course they share, you know, how they move past that moment, which to your point, it's about learning from other people's mistakes. So you don't have to do the same. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love their tagline too. Entrepreneurs who tell it like it is. I'm very into that. <laughs> Yeah, and because they're talking to the same entrepreneurs throughout the this whole season, I'm really looking up their products. I'm like, I want to support them because you get so invested into their stories because they're beyond one episode. So I'm like, what can I do to support them? I want to I want to see them win. I want to see them get past you know all of the challenges. Such a cool podcast. Yeah. yeah. So. As we wrap up, man, time is flying by. What advice would you give to a leader? Well, what would you give advice would you give to a leader who's navigating change, given the definition that we've given to leaders earlier, a non-traditional leader? Yeah, I would say in the same way that I said your best resources are to look for mentors in the spaces that you're in, I think that for new leaders or people stepping into those positions, it's really important to have a clear sense of who you're working with and what their background is and what their strengths are. Um, because you never know what someone can bring to the table. And it could be as simple as, you know, not realizing that the person next to you used to work in media and has video editing skills or something like that. So just having a really clear sense of who you're working with, what skills they have beyond the ones that they're bringing to the current role that they're in, right? So mm -hmm. that you can identify what other things they bring to the table or that they can provide to help you with growing your business or organization or whatever it is. Um, and then just being open to um, also what those people 
who maybe are less senior but have been in the roles that they're in and in the company they're in or organization for a while and hearing what they have to say in terms of what they think are the opportunities for growth or change. Um, which goes back to what we were talking about with people in a leadership position being open to the idea that they have something to learn. Yes. So let's um, pivot a little. And I want you to tell people more about what you do with Financial Gym and the services you offer so that they can understand how to utilize you to become wiser with your finances. Absolutely. Yeah. So my title at the Financial Gym is Financial Trainer. Um, and essentially what we do is one-on-one -on -one financial coaching tailored to the individual based on whatever your challenges or goals are. So whether you're dealing with credit card debt or student debt or looking to start investing but not sure where to start or just kind of generally managing for retirement or bigger life goals like buying a house. Or honestly, what's most common is some combination of all of those things at the same time and not really knowing where to start. So by working with a financial trainer at the financial gym, um, that trainer creates a plan that's specific to you, your needs, your goals. They help to educate you, empower you, and hold you accountable. Um, the service is really great. We've set it up to be basically like a gym membership. So you pay a monthly fee to be a member of the financial gym uh, with the added bonus that you do get one-on-one -on -one time with a trainer. Um, and so that helps to make it affordable and make financial services really accessible to everybody um, because there's not a lot in that space beyond, you know, maybe the company that manages your 401k plan. So we have individual memberships. We also do corporate uh, benefits. So, you know, if your company is interested in providing some kind of financial literacy benefit to you, we do come out and do um, educational sessions. We'll do one-on-one -on -one coaching for employees. Um, we also have, you know, partnerships where companies pay for their employees to have memberships um, because, you know, our financial lives are important and studies have shown they're one of the biggest things that cause anxiety to individuals and to employees. And so a lot of companies now are focusing on trying to alleviate that so that, you know, employees are engaged at work instead of worried about how they're going to make ends meet. Yes. So can you share one of your favorite success stories from one of your clients? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it actually, it happened really recently. Um, one of my clients and I have been working together for about a year. Uh, she's working through paying down some debt and just kind of generally managing cash flow. Um, she's a pretty high earner. And so what I've seen a lot of is people who do well financially um, often are less aware of where money's going every month because, you know, you usually you can pay off the bills. So it's not a big deal. But then, of course, they're wondering, you know, why they can't save more or invest more. So. She and I have been working through those things, um, but recently she actually just got a great new job opportunity, and she reached out to talk through some salary negotiation, um, and it was such a great example of, of what happens with most of my clients. Um, I made her do some research to figure out what was a reasonable salary range for someone in her position with her level of experience in her particular market. And she came back with her range, um, and I think it was somewhere between like one hundred and fifty and one hundred and eighty thousand, let's say. And I said, "Okay, great. So we're going to ask for one hundred and eighty, right?" And her response to me was, "I don't think I can do that. 
you know, I don't think that this company has the budget for that. They're really small. To which I responded, you don't know anything about this company's budget. You don't work there yet. (laughs) So while it's so kind of you to worry about their bottom line, I don't think that this is your concern right now. Um, And so, you know, I talked her through the fact that they were also probably going to counter whatever she initially asked for. So we needed to ask for as much as possible um, up front. And so she did. And she ended up... um, asking, I think for 175. So I didn't quite convince her on the 180. But they came back and they offered 170. And a bunch of other benefits that she wanted, like the ability to still work from home and have uh, the same number of vacation days that she was going to have at her previous company. And um, it was amazing. And she felt so good about it, because she got so much more than she expected that she could or that she would. Um, And those stories just make me so happy because for whatever reason, we're always here to promote and pump up our friends and we think that they deserve everything. And then when it comes to asking for something for ourselves, we're so quick to talk ourselves out of it or Mm -hmm. to worry about this company that we don't even, you know, really have a connection to yet and, and what their finances look like. So one of my money mantras is don't say no to you, right? Especially yes. if it's not your decision to make, which it wasn't her decision to make, right? It would be it's totally possible that this company couldn't afford to pay her what she was going to ask for, but let them tell you that, right? Like that's for them to decide, not for her to decide. So, yeah. Yes. You are so right. I love that. And I'm so glad you shared that story because that's the one that I got super excited about at the beginning of this episode. And what's the cherry on top of that? Because that whole scenario is so phenomenal. Great success. But before when we talked, you said that she was taking it a step further and sharing it with one of her relatives, right? Yeah. Because of this story, first of all, she. 100% feeling herself, which is the best part, right? She's so happy. She feels so good, so confident. Um, and she basically turned around and was like, is now helping the people around her do the same thing. Um, and she's also hoping to have her daughter, uh, who's in college and starting to look at jobs, work with us as well so that she can get those negotiation skills sooner um, and go out into the workforce ready to do her work. I love this. I love how you just walked her through this. And that's what your members get with the financial gym. They're not just getting old school. Here's a little report in the mail. They're getting a partner, a real trainer who's walking through life with them to help them make stronger and wiser financial decisions. So how can people find out more about financial gym or connect with you as their trainer? Absolutely. So um, they can sign up for a totally free 20-minute consult through our website, thefinancialgym.com. They'll speak with someone on our warm-up call team. Most of those individuals are actually existing clients, which is great. So they have a chance to hear um, what that experience is like, as well as talk through their situation and figure out if the service is right for them. And if it is, which trainer would be best suited to help them. Um, Because we do really believe, too, that, like, the right personality is important um, because it is so much more than just someone looking at a spreadsheet and saying this is your situation, right? We joke all the time. We are 
cheerleaders, we're therapists, um, because money's really emotional and there's a lot of stuff to work through. So go to our website. You can sign up for a free 20-minute consult. You can connect with me um, on LinkedIn or on Instagram at the Lindsay Perez. Um, Yeah. Yes. So I'm so thankful that you came on to the Power Banking Podcast. So Power Bankers, I will link up into our show notes a link to the Financial Gym website so that you can take advantage of that consultation. And I'm also going to link to Lindsay's profiles so that you can connect with her on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. And y'all don't hesitate to reach out to Financial Gym. Here's the thing that I hear from a lot of people they don't feel confident in their financial position. So they want to wait until they get it all together before they talk to somebody. And don't do that. Just wherever you are right now, don't let fear or shame or not knowing hold you back from reaching out to a great resource like the financial gym so that you can start getting your money life in order and live your best life, really, because you know what's going on with your money. I'm so glad that you said that because that's a big part of our culture too, is just, you know, we're meeting you wherever you are. There's no judgment. You know, we're not here to shame you. Um, It's, we just want to help truly. And we want to help you feel empowered about your finances and feel like, you know, you know what to do. So there's no reason that you should know about how to invest or manage debt because nobody ever really talks about those things. They're not things we learn in school. So it's very easy to feel like, oh, I should know better or, you know, that I should know this, but there's no reason that you would. So the biggest thing you have on your side when it comes to anything financial is time. So I always say, whatever your situation is, whatever bad decisions you may have made in the past, the only bad decision you can make going forward is to not deal with it. Yes, yes, and more yes, y'all. So all the fear is gone. Lindsay or one of the financial gym team members will hold your hand through this. So hop on this opportunity. I want to hear from y'all though. So pop into the power banking Facebook group, share your thoughts on this episode or reach out to Lindsay directly. And until next time, continue to emulate excellence without excuses. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. This call is being recorded. Okay, Power Bankers, Lindsay and I finished the recording, but she shared some badass exciting news that I had to turn the recording back on so she can share. Okay, Lindsay, drum roll. Here's the great stuff, y'all. Okay, so here's the great stuff. We're so excited about getting involved with this community that the financial gym would like to extend a discount on memberships to the power banking community. So power bankers, if you're interested in working with a financial trainer and you sign up, just let them know that you heard about us through this podcast and we will offer you 10% off of all of our membership services. I love that. Thank you so much, Lindsay. So power bankers, no excuse. You have an extra incentive to live your best money life.